Good day to all of our listeners around the world. I wanted to tell you about an exciting event coming up hosted by The Nest. The conference is called Remnant. Please don't confuse it with the school that we run called Remnant Rising. If you enjoy the daily podcast put on by Origin Gate, then we think you're going to love being part of Remnant too. There are 14 speakers at the event and most of them are already well known to you. They're your very own hosts on Wisdom's Echo. The dates of this event are 21 to 26 September 2020. There'll be four sessions every day running from 12 o'clock midday to 6 p.m. in the evening on each of those days. The time zone is Mobile, Alabama, USA. The great news is that this event is done online. You can watch it from the comfort of your own home. If you aren't able to tune in in real time, that's no problem at all. You will receive the recordings of each session, which you can watch at your convenience and keep forever. The cost is $350 for the six-day event with 24 sessions, which works out to approximately $14 per session. It's great value for money. Again, the dates are 21 to 26 September, and there's not a lot of time to get registered. If you're interested, go to www.thefoundationnest.com, click on the tab that says Nest Annual Gathering. We do hope that you'll join us. Have an awesome day. Hi everyone, Mario Salinas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates daily podcast. It's such a joy to be greeting you from Connecticut, USA, where my office is located and also my home. And it's a pleasure to be greeting you in all the various nations. At the time of this recording, we have well over 48% of the world listening in on our daily podcast. So I welcome you and declare blessing over your nation, blessing over your city, over your household, over your generations. May the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob abide with you as we begin this short Wisdom's Echo podcast for today. Our story brings us to a very difficult night, perhaps the darkest night of my life, when a denominational leader with great authority and with great power and influence pulled up into the yard of our church, which was the place where we actually were living as a family at the time. It was a time when we didn't have the resources to purchase a home in the very affluent town where the church is located. This was our second year of leading this particular church, where we are still leading today. And a very powerful move the Holy Spirit had began began about uh, six months earlier wonderful things were happening there were tremendous uh, manifestations of the kingdom in every way and there was uh, a pushback and there was resistance and opposition to what was happening on a denominational level and it wasn't the denomination as a whole it wasn't the movement that was uh, kneeling down on us in that particular instance it was one leader within it which whom in a very Haman-like way plotted against us and against what God was doing. I don't believe he directly and um, I don't believe he intentionally raised his hand against the move of God, but he ended up doing so in the process of pursuing basically me as the leader. 
And this leader came on that very difficult night. And while my son was playing in the front of the church and playing with uh, the dirt and digging in the dirt, he pulled up his truck and parked it in a way where he demonstrated uh, a sense of ownership of the place because he was my overseer at the time. And this leader uh, told me in front of my son that I was finished that if we continued down the path we were going with having all kinds of speakers and uh, events and meetings the way we were having them that he would be pursuing me and be pressing charges and be ending me basically as as a minister in that particular fellowship and it was a very dark night because of the relationship i had had with this individual it was a dark night because of the threat that had come to me it was a dark night because my son got to witness all of it, who was at that time um, not even uh, eight years old. And uh, it was a very painful, painful night. And I remember after he left, after he voiced his, his concerns and then his threats and his, in, in his cease and desist order, he left and I was faced with uh, an option here. And the option was I stopped what I was doing and I obey what this man was telling me to do, who was not really speaking for the whole movement, but only for himself. Or I take a stand and pit myself against him, basically, by continuing to do what I was doing and by leaning into the more sound and reasonable and wise voices uh, that were in the movement to defend me against him. He was a very influential man and his word carried a lot of weight. And I remember that night pacing. I remember calling together uh, some elders and some individuals from our church that had helped us uh, get things going and launching it two years earlier. Uh, I brought in the movers and the shakers, the influencers, and I remember, I remember them presenting me with the proverbial blank check, which was basically, why don't we leave this and start something else? And we will fill in the zeros. You just tell us, Pastor, what numbers you want. You tell us what you need, and we will take care of you and your family. We will build something from scratch, and we don't need these people. We don't need this movement. We can do our own thing. And that was the first thing that happened after um, I processed uh, what had happened with this leader. And after they all left, I remember pacing through the night, all through the night, perhaps in the similar way that Nehemiah walked among the ruins of Jerusalem and the walls and the gates and the doors of the city. And I remember pacing through the night all over the property, about three and a half acres, mostly of, of grass and lawn at the time before we built a new building and put in a parking area that ate up a lot of that lawn. I remember an exact location where I stood and I've gone there many, 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 many times since then. And it was a moment when I faced everything that was coming against me, especially by way of the fear of man, which had come in with one of the two faces of the fear of man, which is intimidation, the other one being manipulation and flattery. 
And in this particular case, the fear of man came in with a threat, came in with it, we will end you. We will finish you. You will have no more life. You have no leverage. We were living in a church parsonage. We had nowhere to go. We were living in an affluent town. If they terminated me, if they threw me out, I had nowhere to go. I had no credentials other than my college degrees. I would have to start a whole new life in, in a different way. I definitely could not survive in that particular town because of how expensive it is to live in. And I had nowhere to turn except to the Lord. And I remember uh, looking up into the face of Yahweh and, and leaning into that relationship and going into the secret place of the Most High, a place that I've learned to treasure so much. The reason why Tables and Platforms has been a bestseller for months, even a year after it came out, is because when I talk about hiddenness, it is not theory. It is something that I have lived. It is something that I have gone deep into the heart of Yahweh to establish a relationship where I value Him and me together more than anything else. And I leaned into that relationship and I leaned into His into his legacy and into his destiny, into his purpose for my life. And I asked him what I should do. And the first thing that I became aware of is I should not take the blank check, that those individuals had an agenda. I did not know it at the time. I could not see it at the time, but Yahweh warned me. And he showed me how there was an agenda. There were strings attached to the check. I actually saw a picture of the check in front of me and I saw strings attached to it. And that's how I knew I wasn't to take that. The second thing that happened was I do remember drawing a line in the sand in the spirit. I saw myself drawing a line in the sand. We only live a few, uh, not even half a mile from the beaches of our town. And I remember just thinking of that beachy, uh, of that sandy beach. And I remember drawing a line in the sand in my mind and I was going to step over it. And I knew that when I stepped over that line in the sand, there was no turning back. This was my Rubicon. If you know the story of Julius Caesar crossing the Rubicon. Once he did that, he could not turn back. He was pitting himself against Rome. And in a sense, I was doing that. Though it was one leader, he was very well connected and very powerful. And I knew that it wouldn't be long before the entire movement knelt on me and, and tried to snuff me out. Even though the movement itself was not evil, the movement itself was not bad or wrong, this leader and his influence could take me out. And so I remember drawing the line in the sand and crossing over. And in that moment, there's something that took place that I would like to to share with you and hopefully impart something that I received during that night to you as you as you listen to this and perhaps assimilate it into your own life. I decided that I was willing to die. I was willing to lose everything I had and everything I was to stand for what I believed was right. And what was right was to continue in the move of the Holy Spirit as the Lord had moved upon our hearts and had moved so mightily with so many signs and wonders and miracles and so many manifestations of His glory and of His love and of His kingdom. So much transformation was taking place. And there I was, one man, because I was the leader, being threatened to give it all up and to turn everything in and over to someone that had never accomplished anything of that magnitude, to someone who had never uh, paid a price to be in that position. And I refused to do so. I refused to give up. I refused to give in. And perhaps you know this from some of the things I've shared in the past, or if you followed any of my ministry of my military service and the special forces in Cyprus, that program is designed 
to eliminate you. It is not designed to keep you. And the reason is whoever remains is meant to be there. And I had to lean into that training and I had to tap into the depths of those things that were developed in me during my special forces and especially my sniper training because the programs that I entered to go through those schools were designed to eliminate anyone who had no business being there. And I remember as I crossed that line, I went back into that place where I've learned to overcome at a molecular level, where everything about me and everything within me was about overcoming and not one ounce of me was about giving up. And I decided to stand and I decided to stand for what I believe was right. And in order to do that, this is going to sound strange to some of you, but I have to say it in order to do that, I had to die. I had to basically take things all the way to the worst case scenario, which was death. It was the death of my ministry. It was the death of my family as I knew it. It was the death of the life that I had built for 11, 12 years as a minister of the gospel. And I had to give all that up. I had to give up the nice parsonage we were staying in, in a beautiful side of town. I had to give up this beautiful assignment with great potential to transform everything. I, I saw what was coming. I saw what I'm living in right now, a possibility. And I had to give that up to take a stand in which I could lose and lose everything. And once you do that, once you choose self-sacrifice over self-preservation, something extraordinary happens. I believe that's when you hear the sound of wind over the mulberry trees like David did. And you sense that the whole host of heaven is behind you. I did not hear that sound before I took that step over that line that I had drawn in the sand. I did not hear the sound of the armies of heaven backing me up until I took a choice. I made a choice and I took a step towards that choice, which was we will not bow. We will not give in. We will not stop. We will pursue the heart of God and we will pursue his purposes no matter if it costs us everything. Within a few months, this leader was confronted in a very public and humiliating way by his peers who saw what was happening, who saw a personal vindictive agenda. And basically, sadly, he was taken out. He was taken out by his peers. He was taken out by circumstances. He was taken out by Yahweh from his, from his assignment and from his position of authority. And just like Haman's plot crumbled overnight, within a few months, that man's plot crumbled and he was out of the picture. I do not rejoice in that because the Lord even says in Proverbs, you should not rejoice when your enemy is taken down. There is no joy in that for me. But I am very grateful that what happened that night forced me to cross that line into what I believe has been one of the most transformational moments of my life. Once you face the fear of man and the intimidation that it comes with, remember there's another face to it, and perhaps in another podcast I can speak of that, which is manipulation and flattery. And the very same people that tried to intimidate Nehemiah to come off the wall and not build were the same people who said to him, let's make a pact and a treaty together. And that's what will happen when you stand up to the intimidation, then the fear of man will turn its face and the other side will show which is flattery and manipulation. It's what the Pharisees tried to do with Jesus, but he said, Satan has nothing in me. The reason why I'm telling you this is because 
of these last couple of minutes in this podcast, and it's so critical that you hear me. Since that day, I have experienced nothing but the blessing and the prosperity and the abundance and the increase of the Lord. So has the church. So has everyone that's connected to what we're doing. So have individuals that I have mentored. Everyone has prospered. Everyone, everything has come up. And I have been able to, to build many things, including uh, you know, a platform that is, that is widely known and growing. Uh, wealth and riches and abundance and a blessed family. And all these other things have come. And I believe it is all connected to that decision that we made that night. But every step of the way, there have been the threats and also the manipulation that has tried to bring a pact or a treaty with the fear of man. Every step of the way, it will be tested. And I have chosen self-sacrifice every step of the way. I will never allow the abundance and the increase and the luxury and the blessing of the Lord in any material way or by way of relationships or platforms or influence to take me away from that raw warrior moment when I said, I'm willing to lose it all, but to build it right. I only have my word. I only have my integrity. And I will not sacrifice that for anything. It has never changed from that day. I go back to that place often where I stood that night and I reevaluate who I am and what I'm building and what it's all about. And if I ever find myself starting to get attached to the things that the Lord added to our lives since that day, I begin to shed it and I begin to give it back to Him so that there is nothing that has a hold on me except His purpose and the strings of His heart that I continually pull on to grow in relationship with Him and to grow in Him. I bless you today, and I pray that this has been not only instructional, but transformational, because some of you are facing insurmountable odds. Remember, the Lord our God, He is with us, and He will help you to overcome. And I declare that over you with great authority, even the authority that breaks the yoke and lifts the burden. In the name of Yeshua, Amen.